This is Gemma Redgrave, and you're listening to Gallifrey Public Radio. Gallifrey Public Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to positive enjoyment of Doctor Who. We travel through classic and new episodes, explore the extended universe, and play a few games from time to time. We do discuss news, content that has been officially released, and the occasional interesting rumor, but we'll warn you before anything considered spoilers comes up. Welcome to episode 499 of Gallifrey Public Radio, where we could call this our Sophie's Choice, but we're not discussing companions yet. So, Ace is safe. I'm Haley. I'm Jay. I'm Julie. And I'm Kier. This week, the game is back on as we get to the semifinals for two of our Tournament of Time bracket competitions. And if we felt like the quarterfinals were tough, we were just fooling ourselves. Back in March, we jumped on the bracket bandwagon to pit categories of Whovian characters against each other. Not in a street fight manner, but rather by ranking their value to the program's 60-year arc, by how much we'd want to see them again in a hypothetical televised story, and in a moment of crisis, which one of the, the Doctor would save. We took quarterfinals for iterations of the Master, narrowing the field from eight to four. In a separate bracket, we took the Friends of the Doctor, protagonist characters that aren't categorically companions, and reduced them to four as well. These originated from random seeds back in the brackets, so the pairings in some cases, some cases, were no-brainers, while others were really tough to judge. But now here we are in the semifinals. Or as they say in the sports balls, the semis. The semis. Like the trucks? Yes, exactly like that. (sighs) 18 Wheels of Justice. (laughs) So we're going to start this off with our master's bracket. And first up, we have Michelle Gomez, who the listeners, you, had to break the tie on over Roger Delgado. And we are pitting her against John Sim. All right. Well, Haley, you teed this off. So where would you go with this it's it's kind of well it, it's it was i would say the the real difficulty for us was in the quarterfinals putting delgado against gomez that's why we were kind of at a stalemate yeah i remember discussing that as these brackets were coming together that it seemed unfair the way that they were seated in the bracket <laughs> if you uh understand yeah. brackets um but let's <laughs> let's start with our first criteria I believe the first one was criteria uh, contribution to the overall story. Yeah, which right. one had sort of the the greatest impact on on how the in in the big picture? Yeah. Well, I think between Michelle Gomez and John Sim, it has to be John Sim because he introduced our modern audience to the master as a character and established him as the arch nemesis of the Doctor. <laughs> Um, so I would go with him on that, but then we get to the, who would we rather see on screen again, which for me is always going to be Michelle Gomez. I would watch that woman read a phone book if that's what she wanted to do. Um, Mm -hmm. so she handily takes that away. 
Um, but I think ranking those two criteria against each other, I would push Michelle Gomez through to the final round. I'm going to give you an extra little piece of this. When we did the the Friends of the Doctor bracket, uh, as as we mentioned in the in the tee up here, that there was the extra component of who the Doctor would save mm-hmm. in a moment of crisis. I think in this particular instance, this makes it really clear that we could also apply this to the Master, and the answer kind of rises very quickly to the surface for that one. But I think you could very easily say Missy is the only version of the Master that the Doctor would go out of their way to save. Uh, I don't know. Ten and uh, ten and the and Sims Master? I, I think that Missy would be more likely to be saved for sure but not out of the realm of possibility because there was that sort of that kinship between them they had their moments you know one dying in the other's arms kind of thing um which which is actually what made the complexity of the master character in the modern iteration so interesting because it really took that modern audience and said no these are frenemies yo this is this is complicated um and allowed the the viewer to really chew on that for a while I personally would agree the contribution to the overall arc uh, probably goes to Sims Master, but not just for what it did in the in the first iteration within seasons two, three, four, but also his return mm-hmm. when when we came back and had the the Missy and uh, and Saxon Master paired off in that very weird uh, you know closing moments of Bill Potts's arc. That was really interesting, too. That kind of showed how that iteration of the Master matured and kind of rounded off a little bit, went a little bit more mad, um, but calculated mad rather than just off the handle mad and and, and just made that, that iteration of the Master that much more interesting to me personally. Mm-hmm. I, I loved his return as Razor or whoever it was that he was disguised at for, right. for the majority of that episode. Um, the wanting to see them again in the story – yeah, it's got to be Missy. She was she was so unpredictable and and such a such a fascinating chaos gremlin that you couldn't look away. You couldn't. So stacked of the odds uh, out of those three, yeah, it still still favors Missy for me. I mean, I I would I, I agree on multiple counts here that the I mean Missy is by far the more entertaining to watch. I, th- I don't think anyone's going to argue that between the two of them, d- nothing against John Sim, but Michelle Gomez is just such a force on screen that you can't look away. Um, you know, we've, we've seen over multiple stories, just the length that the doctor went to, to save Gomez's master. Uh, you know, so it, I, I think that that one, we don't even have to speculate that that one is absolutely goes to Missy. Uh, and as far as like the importance to the show, I think what it, Haley, you're right that John Sim introduced the master to the new who audience and you cannot take that away from him. But the impact that Missy had on the character of the doctor, on his growth, on changing him from the the guy who needed a carer to the man who, you know, was uh, at the end valued kindness above anything else like you can't you can't take that away from her so I'd, i've got to say missy on all three counts i feel like there's not much left to uh like throw in the mix here 
you all covered it super well, and I don't want to just say the same stuff over and over again. So yeah, but for my vote, for sure, I think Missy has has each of these three, and I really did love John Sim as the master when he was. And, and to Kier's point of of that return and how it kind of looped around, I, I think the only one that. I would maybe lean, but not 100% would be for that return. Like, keep having him pop up because I would just <laughs> love to see that. But I don't think that from a standpoint of, I, I can't argue that I still just want more Michelle Gomez. But but yeah, I, I that's the one caveat is maybe he gets my vote for number two. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so Michelle Gomez pushing through to the finals. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, next we have uh, Eric Roberts versus Sasha Dewan. Yeah, and, I, and this this might feel unusual that <laughs> Eric Roberts made it to the to, <laughs> to the semifinals, but no, go back and listen. There's a reason for it. Who was he up against? Yeah. I don't remember. I think it was Jeffrey Beavers. Okay. So that was your that was your uh, your decrepit rotting master from Keeper of Trocken. Gotcha. Right. The one in the one in the clock. Uh, or, yeah, the one who the... was was in the stat was within the statue within yeah. the golem. That's right. Yeah. This one, I'd, I I think Eric Roberts is a, a lovely individual. I I liked the the different take he took because you know up to this point we'd had Delgado, we had Ainley who was just Delgado remix kind of thing. Like he he really didn't change the character. It was his own. Like it was him playing Delgado's master, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was really the first time where we'd seen an actor put their own spin on the character. So, good, bad, or undecided, it was it was interesting to see that happen. But I've got to give all three of these to to Sasha Dewan. I, I want to see more of him. I always want to see more of him. Uh, I think that. He, we we only had the one instance of of Eric Roberts master and it was not something that we like to talk about very often cuz you know it is what it is <laughs> um and i i don't think the doctor had that kind of feeling for him where like i i think 13 would go out of her way to save Sasha Dewan's master and i i really can't see the doctor doing that with uh with Eric Roberts doctor so yeah all three of them going to Dewan for me yeah see i would say Part of this comes down to the medium that you're using, doing a movie versus a TV show. But Eric Roberts' master is a little bit of one-note villain. You know, he's the bad guy of the movie, and that's what mm-hmm. his role is. Whereas Sasha Dewan is all over the place. You get a lot of nuance in the character with his portrayal of it. You get a lot more different directions you can take that character and do different things with it. So, to mm-hmm. Jay's point, all the categories go to him because... Who do I want to see again? Well, Sasha Dewan, because I know I'm going to get something different the next time I see him. Who's contributing more to the story? Sasha Dewan, because he's contributed so much more. Volume alone uh, gets him that category. Mm-hmm. And who's the doctor going to save? Well, definitely Sasha Dewan, because part of that is also the growth that we had in that relationship through Sims and Missy to get to Sasha's master. But that is the one he's going to mm-hmm. save. It gets complicated in that last one just because he was so horrible. I mean, I mean, so evil, straight up evil uh, in his yeah. final plan on the last we saw of him. And that was such a such a length of 
you always thought that there was that line that was drawn where, yeah, they hated each other, or they, they claimed they hated each other, and they'd, they'd kind of snipe at each other, and they'd foil one another's plans, and they'd lay these intricate traps for one another. But they wouldn't actually go so far as to kill one another, would they? Oh, snap. <laughs> but I think that's what makes it looping back around from that last point up to the first one is just so much is given to the master's backstory and how far the master will go now and so that if we were to see that master again it would just be that much more potential for you kind of I mean, you kicked open the doors blew them wide open and then you kept running through with all of the different angles the the body shift the all of that kind of stuff like it's it's intense and i i would 100% want to see more of where does that do, where does that master fit into that story and keep it going mhm i know we're not including uh, audiobook exploration of characters here but because of the fact that we have had more opportunity to hear eric roberts's master in big finish it's not tremendously different it's just now i think eric roberts actually understands the character a little more um you you kind of get the impression going into the 96 film like they had handed him the role and he said okay i'm uh, I'm, a, I'm a villain i'm an alien but i'm crazy okay got it and had no idea what the back catalog uh for for this this persona was so which right. is why you got something very different but then again it was like how do you how do you square that peg you know uh, in the in the bigger picture now looking at it you could say okay we've had shades of uh, or moments of that mania from every iteration since to some capacity even you know your yana master you know when uh, when derek jacoby started going off the handle kind of thing so there's there's that's it's built in to the uh, to the archetype now but mm-hmm. dewan's the fact that his particular nuance the thing that he consistently brings to this very chaotic role is the petulance of a of a hyper brilliant child which i adore it's something about seeing this almost this arrested development child prodigy now you know years later that is wrestling with the fact that they know they are more intelligent than 99% of the people they ever come into contact with but nonetheless, their aspirations and their goals keep getting thwarted because of either one one little thing they overlook or the fact that <laughs> the, the sheer volume of that 99% uh, adds up to enough to, to get in their way just drives them crazy. And the temper mm. tantrums and the, I love the tantrums. I absolutely love them because it just reminds me the master is mentally broken. And despite it, this is not just your typical evil villain. This is a person on the edge at at the majority of times. And Dewan never loses sight of that. Yeah, I think it is almost one of those things as a parent, when you have a child who is smart, even if they're in their own way, you watch them and try to train them to not be that. Where you're like, <laughs> look, you can be smart. You can be good at this. You know these facts, but... Read the room, like <laughs> make sure that you don't just become this person who always does that thing or the temper tantrum part of that with the uh, my mind jumps specifically to turning the entire or er- world's 
worth of geologists who've studied volcanoes into mm-hmm. tiny figures like that yeah. kind of just I've, I've completed the set look yeah <laughs> yeah i so and it's interesting that I, I think just today i was reading an article that um they were interviewing sasha for his current role in i think it's the project is called wolf um I haven't had an opportunity to start checking it out yet, but I understand that it gives them an opportunity to play a lot of duality in, within character personas and things. But they were asking him because they always do when you get somebody who's sort of iconic to the Doctor Who fandom and say, you know, are you ever going to be coming back to the role? Are you ever going to do anything with Russell and such? And and his response was something about, you know, I've got a number of projects right now that I honestly just can't talk about. And he left it at that. Crossing my fingers. Right. <laughs> He knows how to work a crowd, True. so and so that, does Russell. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, yeah. You got the you got the consummate PT Barnum, and then you've got your your star performer in the ring there at the same time. So, yeah. all right. So I mean, that, that can means... you imagine Sasha and Shooty? Can we just? Can we? Uh, no, <laughs> oh, I I can't. I don't know whether that would be some sort of a really dark comedy, <laughs> yeah. or just terror. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, fair enough. Uh, so coming up next we have the friends of the doctor so we went through all of these and the first one we're going to kick it off with is the brigadier versus strax for me who is the most important i think for me it's definitely going to be the brigadier just for the fact that he showed up consistently we've seen him across multitudes of different parts of the show even crossing over into some of the spin-offs that we saw so he's definitely touched all of those pieces and i think that's kind of the most important for me on that and uh, number two though i think i would rather see strax because i think that he would bring with that the rest of the gang and that would be worth it for me to have all three of them come back and kind of show up and, and have some fun stuff but then coming back to who would the doctor save over the other, definitely the brigadier. You cannot say that he would choose Strax. I think the brigadier had so much of that history, means so much to the Earth protections and how unit functioned. And even up through the brigadier's daughter kind of being part of things, I think that's a super important part of that that we would see. So overall for me, the brigadier. I don't think there's any question where this one goes on all three counts. I know Julia said there might be a little bit of a, a, of a squidge in the wanting to see on screen again, but I know personally, even if it were walking past a, you know, an oil painting on the new unit HQ walls, you know, when, when uh, Kate is now running the show in season 15, and just says, oh, you know, we finally finally got a, uh, a building that isn't going to explode on us in two weeks as she walks down a corridor and she just, you know, kind of does a quick salute over to the, the left-hand wall where her father's portrait is. And I'd, I'd be a mess, you know. Um, it's, he is the, the perfect mundane human touch point within the fabric of this show. And... When you get to see things like the the point in in Smith's run when he gets the call 
and realizes that he missed the opportunity uh, to say goodbye to his friend. Or in Sarah Jane, like we just saw, when she finds out that uh, he's unable to attend and we know what's you know, what's really going on. It's tough. It's still tough because he's just that important of a character. And in, as far as saving, I mean, it's no question. It's, it's a, it distracts as a clone. It's one of a million. One, not one in a million. One of a million. <laughs> Dime a dozen. Small potatoes. So, wah, wah, wah. yeah, you got that one for free. So, yeah, that's slam dunk. Yeah. I, I, I'm also going to let the Briggs sweep the category. Um, you know, importance to the show. No question. No question about importance to the Doctor's story. Um, who would I want to see again? I think Kier nailed how I would want to see the Brig again. You know, a photo on Kate's desk or on the walls of Unit or something. Um, we, I think we've had all the potato jokes we need. So, you know, Strax, you had a good run. Um, but I, I think that's it for you. And then who would the doctor save? That's probably the closest of the three categories, uh, more because of who the doctor is than anything in the stories. But I, I think it still goes to the Brig. So, yeah, Brig goes through. It's not really a big surprise here that, I mean, the Brigadier is is the doctor's best friend. Always has been. The importance that he brought to the show, the uh, the not only his the length of his tenure, but just the the stories he was in and the things that we still talk about because of uh, stories he was in, things like that. It's there's no way that you can say that it wouldn't be the Brigadier in this case. Talking about the uh, who I want to see on screen again. I mean, we we keep getting Santarans and Dan Starkey is great, but man, that you just even if it were like one of those weird CGI uh, kind of <laughs> the things that they like to do now where they make actors look younger or whatever it is like I I would enjoy that too. I don't care. It just give bring the brig back. That's that's what I want. So it's yeah, every category he's he's the one. I also wouldn't mind if it was sort of like the red dwarf where he becomes the computer behind the screen and somehow shows up his just his face in the, <laughs> the wall of the TARDIS that pops down like uh, the memory of the brig and it, it is a little more digital but it's still him I, I would still be down for that just have the 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 camera on a dolly just roll by traffic that's that's uh pulling into the uh, the front gates of the Lethbridge Stewart uh, Lethbridge Stewart training yard you know, yeah. and you just see a bunch of soldiers in there doing calisthenics, and you're like, "Okay, that's enough. That's all I needed. Just need right. to keep the keep the name alive." Yeah, just oh, mm -hmm. like references of the brig is fine for us. Yeah, it should <laughs> it should be like the like the Terry Nation estate where you have to mention the Daleks in every season. You have to mention the brig in every season. I I think it tell it's telling that like for everyone else we're like, oh, I, I want to see this person in stories again for the, and then when you come to the brig, it's like we're good with name check. Like that's mm -hmm. a, that tells you how how important he is to us. That's why he's winning this handily. <laughs> Keep his name in your mouth, <laughs> right? All right. Well, uh, this brings us to our last bracket, uh, and happens to be the the closing of the bracket for the Friends of the Doctor semifinals. Um. Okay. So we've got Wilfred Mott squaring up toe to toe in a bare knuckle fist fight with Professor Riversong. You said no street fights. Okay, this is this is more like Muay Thai. <laughs> there's there's a little more structure. <laughs> uh, I, hmm, damn it, I didn't want to do this. Um, I've been putting this one off. Right. 
as far as contribution to the full arc uh, and impact of the story spanning multiple seasons, multiple years, I'm going to give this one to River because she the character is literally built to span lifetimes um, and to take nothing against uh, to, nothing away from uh, Wilf's value and importance. Uh, it is it, it's not it is not a character that actually channeled the doctor's actions and reactions for decades, if not centuries. So on that premise alone, that's that's a feather in River's cap. Um, wanting to see on screen again, ooh, I got to call this a dead heat. Um, we can do ties? No, we can't. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't allow Haley to do ties in the quarterfinals, so I'm not allowed to take a mulligan on that. So I would actually say, and this just happens to be serendipitous because I know that I'm going to get my my reward on this i get my cookie uh i want to see one more moment with bernard cribbins yeah um just one more and i'll leave it at that so uh saving i think we had this conversation almost literally when we went through the quarterfinals and it was a matter of (laughs) the doctor tried the whole saving wilf thing once and that didn't work out so great so but the doctor also tried to save River, and she called him off with the, you know, not one line, You don't you dare change our history. So in this case, he tried both. I don't know which one. If he had to do it again, like again, again, probably still River, because that's that's where it's not just a matter of of, uh, of rationale or, or just, you know, doing this for, for what you feel is the right thing to do. But there's so much more of an emotional investment that it kind of drives you to do that superhuman extra and even face the wrath of the person that you're trying to save. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably going to give this one to River. Oh, man, this the, this is the one I've been dreading the whole time. Like there's there's no good outcome here. I love everything that that Wilf means to the show, everything he's been in. But as far as the overall importance, I have to give it to River. You know, she has been there through much bigger stories, much you know, much more stuff. It it has to go to her. You know, as far as who I want to see on screen again, you you couldn't pay me enough to not watch something with with either one of them in it. Uh, I, I want both of them as much as possible. So it's it's hard for me to say who the Who's getting the? Um, I I think same thing with Kier. I have to give it to Wilf. I, I want to see him again. You know, I, I feel like River had her her beginning, her middle, her end. Yeah, you know, we we've seen enough of her story that I don't feel like we're missing anything necessarily. Uh, Wilf is just such a great character that I, it, while he doesn't have a story arc, I feel like we've got more to see with him. He's true. It, it does. It, it's not so much an arc because he's a constant, you know. And there, and there's strength in that. You know, sort of uh, unwavering, and you have to respect that. As far as who the doctor would would try and save, and I, I know I'm probably going to get some some hate mail for this, but I'd, I've got to say it's probably going to be Wilf, uh, if for no other reason than if they're both hanging off a cliff, 
he's going to be able to trust River to get herself out of trouble more than he is Wilf. That's a good point. So it, I, I think that that's he's going to go for Wilf. So I, I've, uh, I'm, I'm giving it to Wilf on this one. Okay. All right. So as easy as the last one was, this is probably the most difficult matchup we have in all these brackets. So starting with overall importance to the story, I think that one can clearly go to River. Everyone's pretty much justified that why. We just have so much more story with her. She affects so much more of the overall show. That category has to go to her. Who would I want to see again? I am really hoping that we see like, a photo of Wilf on the stand in the specials on like the, you know, fireplace or something um, or references to him from Donna when we get those specials. But who do I actually want to see full episodes of again? I think it's for me river. So I would actually give her that category. And then the final, who would the doctor save? I mean, I think this is actually going down to the mechanics of the show. Her death is a fixed point. So the doctor knows he doesn't ever have to save her. He's seen her die. Um, So he'll save Wolf. (laughs) But overall, I push River through to the finals. Okay. I'm going to start from the bottom to the top. You can do that. (laughs) So for number three, I agree wholeheartedly with the way that Jay and Haley have run through this. And I think we did this last time with River the doctor will let her save herself and she will do it and she will do it gracefully and amazingly. And so, yeah, he, he would, I, or they would for sure, I believe save Wilf because it it is something that would need to be done and would affect the others of those closer. And I think that just means so much more. So uh, then, actually, I'm not going to go bottom to top. We'll go up to the top. So, <laughs> for sure, River has had the most important impact on the show of these two. I think Wilf means a lot to fans and a lot to us, and we would not know all the heart without him there. And But I do think that River, because of the time travel, it made us piece together different seasons and different touch points with her story uh, birth to death and we saw her grow up and I think that that is so huge and then finally when it comes down to who would I rather see again I think that we have seen a full story of River we got to see all of her important moments and I really do believe that seeing Wilf again will mean so much to this Donna arc and so maybe I don't know if we were if we're gonna get some of that or any of those mentions any of that kind of interaction so I will have to go Wilf on this one for my final answer okay so we do have a tie yeah, we do have a tie. So, so we. Oh man! Nope, it kicks back to the listeners again. I would say it kicks back to the listeners it as a does. final choice for Wilf and River. It absolutely does. All right, so uh, listener. Um, I was wondering if you were going to pick up on the shoe I just dropped. I kind of went even. Is, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. So I had picked before we started recording. So so we please we do only, not at me. Yeah. We, we felt that if this was this painful for us, we might as well make it this painful for you. So uh, not only do you have to deal with uh, pitting someone against the brig, uh, you still have to decide <laughs> which one of the two semifinalists uh, is, is climbing into the rig, uh, uh, climbing into the ring. So that's, I'm, 
not sorry <laughs> because you saw how difficult it was for us and mm-hmm. we're clearly we're we're only four humans mostly so we need help <laughs> i do think this is the hardest of all of the four that we went through the evening, without a doubt or d- time and we saw it coming like a train a mile away even as the the original brackets were getting figured out we sort of a part of my brain as as i was because if you remember i i used a uh dice to to roll this one out and and it just started as soon as i started putting them in i'm like boy it's gonna really suck if you end up with like will versus river oh <laughs> and then it happened mm-hmm. in the semis yeah well i remember at the very beginning it was the brig versus his own daughter that yes, that was true. an early terrible matchup Everything having to do with the friends of the doctor sucks because they are our, they're our connection. They're our analog within the show, you know? And they have so many important moments and so much that's quotable and lovable. Yeah. And then we just try to kill seven out of eight of them. So <laughs> good job, everybody. This was Kier's idea. It this- was. Yeah. Uh-huh. At him. Kier yeah. at GallifreyPublicRadio.com. Remember, it's E before I. Um, yeah. You have the other one forward to you as well. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> much everything. You could just address it to you dopes at GallifreyPublicRadio.com and it'll come to my mailbox. Well, so there you go. You got your homework and you'll be able to get those things to us just in time for episode 500. Yep. One single piece of news, and while it seems like a, a very simple little thing, it's so much more complicated than that. Almost <laughs> as if it has hundreds and hundreds of settings. Oh God, yeah. So um, <laughs> recently, we got a uh, we we got a, a, a an image shared with us that well, the Fourteenth Doctor is getting his own new ish Sonic. New, but not new. It's yeah. I, we we had uh, one of our listeners actually when we were talking about we shared the 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 announcement and like the sort of the little promotional video that kind of does the the it's like a Lexus ad you know it zooms in real close and the and the the lighting just kind of plays over the top of it ooh the barrel ooh the button ooh the light bulb and when it finally pulls back and you get to look at the entire thing they said it looks a lot like the the build your own Sonic. That they did about ten years ago, yeah. Where you could, yeah. So you had like the steampunky bit, and then you had the the neo futurist bit, and you could stick them all together. It looks kind of like that because, I mean, as, as I assess it, I'm seeing shades of uh, sort of the nine ten screwdriver, which were nearly mm-hmm. identical. Um, yeah. You've got the the claw aspect of elevens, and you've got yeah. that weird sort of caged in light from twelves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it apparently has five different like color and light settings, but they don't tell you how to do it. So people have been sharing all these quick uh, you know, YouTube shorts and, and uh, tweets or, or zeets or whatever you want to call it now because it's not Twitter anymore. We'll discuss that another time. Um, but about how you have to like take the battery compartment apart in order to like change the settings on it. It's really complicated. So people have been messing with this thing. But they unveiled it, I guess, at SDCC mm-hmm. and simultaneously started dropping it on um, uh, on the, the, the sanctioned uh, 
uh, uh, toy platform in the UK with the statement that it was going to be available to all. (laughs) (laughs) Who can click fast enough. It's already sold out. It's like trying to get SDCC badges or trying to get a room at the Marriott for Gallifrey or (laughs) trying to do anything else within this fandom that when you hand them new stuff, they go ballistic. I don't think they understood the word all and what that really entailed. Well, it's not all. All. (laughs) All fans. Yeah. But it's just a chance. Yeah. So, but they did say it was going to be uh, continued availability through this anniversary year. So I would imagine they just kind of have to, you know, uh, up their next production wave. And then when they finally start releasing it stateside or at least outside the UK, um, it'll be yet another big mad dash demand. I don't know how many they brought to SDCC. I know a couple of folks that got got their hands on one. They've been playing with it uh, ever since. Mm. But um, yeah. This will this will this will be your your Yuletide item for sure. Hint yeah. hint. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to send me one. <laughs> I'll prepay postage. Well, uh next time we come back, <laughs> we're actually going to be uh hitting a, a special number. We're going to be recording episode 500. And this will be actually on uh, Doctor Who podcast day. Yeah, since we record usually uh, just at the top of the week and, and try to try to release it within a few days later, that'll put us right around August 9th. Now, Doctor Who podcast day is in its infancy. This is going to be, I think, kind of like the inaugural year for it. But because there are, as you know, a fair number of Doctor Who podcasts out there, this is something that's being put together. It's actually being coordinated uh, in large part by um, Gallifrey and Events, the, the group that, that uh, starts to put together um, Elihu, which is coming up next month. So um, we may actually be speaking with, with Ken Deep, uh, showrunner for the Elihu uh, convention in the next couple of weeks as well. So uh, uh, he'll obviously have quite a bit to say about Doctor Who Podcast Day, about the upcoming Elihu 60, which isn't the 60th iteration of the con, but it happens to be the 60th year. So why not play with numbers Um, and all points in between? So we'd love to be able to hear from listeners as well, not just because we stuck a, a horrible tournament bracket in your lap and forced you to make the decision that we were clearly incapable of doing, uh, but also because we'd love to hear, you know, whether or not this uh, this podcast has meant anything to you uh, in the how many years now we've been doing this, Jay? Uh, eleven. Uh, it's like eleven or twelve now. So. Yeah, it's eleven years. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, it's too many years. Yeah, kids. Why are you still gone. listening? Jeez, <laughs> it's just go we've gone home. through like it's over. We've gone through like four kids for the outro on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just keep wheeling in a new one. Just call yourself Jacob. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, we'd love to be able to hear from you. You know all the ways to be able to do it. And if you don't, you're going to hear it in about 45 seconds. So yeah, thanks for being along for the ride. Yeah. Well, this has been episode 499 of Gallifrey Public Radio. Until next time, this is Jay saying, man, I am so tired of these stressful decisions. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Gear saying the brig versus whoever in the finals. You've gone and saved the best Blessed. This is Julie saying every time we do these brackets, we have to say the name Brigadier so much, the dog just does not know what's going on. Oh, I'm sorry, Brig. <laughs>
and this is Haley saying, I refuse to write an outro in support of the writer's strike. I ain't no scab. <laughs> we'll see you next time. I'll see. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Gallifrey Public Radio. Want to keep the conversation going? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Or just send us a good old-fashioned email to feedback at gallifreypublicradio.com. You can also give us a phone call at 754-225-5477. That's 754-CALL-GPR. And you may hear your voice on a future episode of the show. Everything's got to end sometime. Otherwise, nothing would ever get started. Join us next week for a brand new episode. Jacob Hansen. Gallifrey Public Radio is copyright 2023. We'll see you next time.